think it's my turn. Thank you for being with us today. It's um, in Guatemala, this probably makes a top three holiday list. And so I always wonder, you know, who's gone to the beach and Samuk Champagne and Patin, but it looks like uh, a lot of people back from vacation. And so we're glad that you're here this morning to join us. I um, kind of wanted to um, kind of wrap up this year and look into the next and communicating with David this week about what we'd be sharing about and, and, and it seemed like everything including the testimony we just heard just ties together and some of the things that meet us in real life all of us as we we struggle to live daily following Jesus and finding purpose in this life and we come to this time of year and it's a time that we we look at uh, you know wh where we are and where we'd like to be and I, I heard statistically this week and at least North Americans and I think Central Americans too at least half will make some kind of a resolution you know I'm gonna lose a few pounds I'm gonna work out I'm gonna live better do better I'm gonna um, retire or travel more just a number of things that we look into a new year it's just it's that time where we look at and making fresh beginnings and so I, I I want this morning and as I've prayed over this time and these few minutes we get to spend in God's Word that this would be a time for all of us that we could allow the Spirit of God to speak into our lives I don't, I don't want to share from a far-off space I don't want to share from something mysterious but I want us to look at uh, an Old Testament passage that I think can have application for all of us this morning but I want God to help us I just uh, these few minutes are precious and I, I, I just want to ask if you would um, just stand for a moment with me let's pray over these few minutes and not only for what I will share with you but the condition of your heart and your open ears to hopefully hear what God has especially for you today let's pray together father I'm so grateful for this morning I'm grateful for your presence that we've experienced here already today you've promised to be with us and God we have experienced exactly that the presence of a holy and living God here in this place and yet God in these next few minutes we look into your word and God uh, from the youngest to the oldest here this morning I just pray that you would uh, give us some uh, something fresh something new some application from your word that uh, would allow this next year to God to be a bit different God that we will see something new something that we can share something that would make a difference in the kingdom of God so Lord grant that cry this morning May the condition of our hearts be receptive to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to share with you this morning from Genesis chapter 28, and we're going to just begin in verse 10. And we find Jacob here, and Jacob is... He's on a journey that um, 
for good reason, because his brother wants to kill him, and for good reason, because Jacob has been deceptive to his father Isaac, and, and so he finds himself with a destination point in mind, and he's traveled about 60 miles, he's 77 years old, and he's traveled into a region that is st- It's stony. There there was rocks everywhere. It's not a place that you would look at and say, oh, this is beautiful. And uh, isn't this amazing what God has done? And it's a dry, barren, stony place. And he's between uh, point A and point B. In airport terms, we would call this a layover. He is in this place. And yet I... I see my own life, and I think probably you could see your life, that we find ourselves in exactly that position in many occasions, that we're in between where we think we should be. We think that um, you know, once we reach this destination point, that uh, I hear many say, you know, once I'm retired, I'm going to do this and that, and we're, that, that becomes a destination point. Once... Um, when, once I'm debt free, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accomplish this. This is my destination point. Once that I complete this degree, once I'm married, once I have children, we set these destination points. We have these goals that are part of our life and part of especially this time of year. Let me begin reading with you in verse 10 of chapter 28. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, a certain place, it could be any place, but I know when I look, uh, I didn't particularly have a name for it, it was just kind of an in between and could easily be exactly like this a certain place. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. And so taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He took a stone. I mean, I see this as uh, you can imagine a stone as a pillow. I've camped out a lot. There's times that I've camped and I wished I camped and pitched my tent in a different spot. Uh, Just this last year, I got to do a father-son camp out and and I got to select my own spot. I, I looked it over. I found the perfect spot, I thought, and laid my tent out. And the sun went down. And I, I went to lay down. And I made my bed over top of a giant root of a tree. And it reminds me of this. Because you, it's stony. It's not comfortable. It's an uncomfortable place at best. I thought of even laying down here today and laying my head down on a rock or one of these speakers, but it, it's that uncomfortable. And it's sometimes we find ourselves in those places in life. We're in between and things are very uncomfortable. We're thinking that if I can just get to this destination point, but it's so difficult to get there. I'm wanting to retire, but the, the work is so challenging. I don't like my workplace. I don't like the people that I'm having to associate with right now. I want to get beyond this. School is a grind. 
I just want to get it over with and move on to this next phase of my life. And we find ourselves so often in these places that are so uncomfortable. And this is the situation for Jacob. He takes this stone, he puts it under his head, he lays down to sleep. And in verse 12, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. Reminding him in this dream that that this is generational what I'm talking to you about, Jacob. Uh, This has been going on for a while and I'm introducing you to this. This is not beginning with you. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I'm going to pause there because I I see these verses. Um, I'll go on to verse 15. I am with you. And will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised you. A promise from God. For Jacob, it is purpose. It coming in a dream. A man on the run. A man who gets to this place and to this dream through deception. His life is threatened. His circumstances are terrible. And yet... God meets with him here in this point of waiting, in this point of a pause, and describes the purpose for his life in these verses. All of us here this morning, every person, from the youngest to the oldest, you have have thought about what you would like to be when you would grow up, young person. Others of you who have grown up and maybe still wondering, what do I want to be when I grow up? What purpose does God have for me in this life? We want that question answered. We, we ask that question of God. And I'm going to suggest to you today that, that God does speak and God does give direction about the very purpose of your life. He has created you, breathed life into you, surrounded you with people who have raised you and brought you up given you opportunities in this life. And God speaks, and He does so on many occasions and in many ways. I want you to see, though, the reaction of Jacob when he awakes from this dream in verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his dream, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome in this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. See, we like Jacob, many times we are unaware of God. You may have even come here this morning and David said, we're going to sing a few songs. We're going to, you know, go through what is church. And and yet, I I don't think that's what I experienced here today. Because God's promised to be with us. He's promised to be here where two or three gather in His name. He's promised to be with us until the end of the age. And 
He is with us. And we pray often, God be with us. And, and it, yet I, I believe he's thinking, well, I, I am. That prayer is answered. I am with you. I am right there. You may not feel me. You may not sense me. You may not see something moving as you would like. But I assure you today that God is present and God is with us. And, and yet many times we are not aware of it. Sometimes that I've not been aware of it because sin has crept in the way. Things are not right between me and God. And I would suggest to you again today, if that is you, you, you come into this place and it is an unexpected blessing to perhaps. And I would ask you, is there sin that might separate you from your God today? See, Jacob was on the run and he had been a deceiver and he was not aware that the Lord would, could be present. He wakes up from this dream and I, what I see here is that the scenery is exactly the same. The scenery, it is still a rocky, stony ground. The circumstances have not changed. His brother Esau wants to kill him and will continue with this passionate pursuit for 20 years. He wants to kill his brother. So his circumstances have not changed. It's just when he wakes up, he sees the world a little bit different. He sees the world now that, whoa, wait a minute, God is in this place. Surely the presence of the Lord is here. Game changer. <laughs> Things are different now. Perhaps you, too, you and I could become more aware today that God is present, that God is here, and that God has something to speak, and God has something to say. And so you may look at your circumstances and they're less than desirable. You may not like what you wake up to today. And yet, could you ask with me and consider with me that perhaps the Lord is in this place. Those of you gathered here today, that God is here and God is here for a purpose and bringing the word to you today in a way that perhaps you begin to see your circumstance is different. You see them through a different filter and a different lens because God, the living God, is present. I see Jacob lying on the ground in a, in a stone pillow in a place of discomfort and yet see, uh, receives his greatest revelation, his greatest knowledge, his greatest purpose laid out for him by God because God meets him in this place of discomfort. And I know in my life that it is in those moments where I am uncomfortable, when I am desperate, when I am in need of a word from the Lord, and that is when I am vulnerable and ready to hear from God. Because when things are going so well, I have a tendency, and scripturally we find people who have a tendency, and it may be our tendency today, that we tend to get very self-reliant. We begin to think that we got this. You know, we've, we've arrived. We've made it to the destination, perhaps. And we've got this together. And it's, yet it's in those times of need that I'm vulnerable and I'm ready for God to be able to speak. 
I think of my life and I see and remember because, you know, it's so easy to look back. You look back and you think, well, God was present, wasn't he? God really was trying to direct. I was asking for help and he was present. He even stirred my emotions. You know, I've, I've felt the presence of God and I got very excited about it as Jacob did. He said, I'm first he's scared and then he's, wow, this is pretty, pretty awesome here. God is present here. And I've done that. I've, God has stirred my heart and stirred my emotions and I've, I've laughed and I've cried and I thought, wow, that's so wonderful that God is near. And yet, I've had a, a tendency as I look back to, to just you know, grab a Kleenex and wipe those tears, pull myself together a little bit, and perhaps God was even speaking, but I, I, I have a pretty good idea I can pull things together and tidy things up a bit, and we can just move on with life just as it was when I entered this encounter with God. Maybe only me. These God-sized encounters. I look back and I can see that, you know, God stirred the emotions. God, God had me ready to take some action. And yet I found myself, you know, perhaps what God was asking me to do seemed too much like a mountain. God, that's way too difficult. You must have that in mind for someone else to do in this room. Because I'm unqualified. <laughs> I'm on the run. You know how I got here, Lord. I'm not the guy. I'm not the lady. I can't be the one. It had to be part of what Jacob's thinking. You know, I, I, I know how I got here, and I got the blessing, and woo, now I get to run. But God meets him here in this certain place and begins to speak again and, and remind him, no, this is the way it's going to go down. And all the world, all the earth is going to be blessed through you. And he begins to see things a bit different. He says, this is Bethel. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is a big deal. The things that I, I look at in my life, and I look at the opportunities, and I look at the times that God has spoken, and I've responded sometimes in amazing ways, and other times I've, I've just dismissed it. That can't be for me. That can't be what God is asking me to do and it, it, the timing just isn't right it can't be right I'm, I'm on my I'm, I'm going from point a to point b it can't be that god is asking me to do exactly this not now that's that's the thoughts of going through the mind of this pastor of this jesus follower i hope i don't disappoint you this morning but i'm i'm going to be very real with you today i'm a human being i'm a i'm a man that trying to follow God the best that I can. But sometimes I get a little afraid. Sometimes I get a whole lot afraid. Because I just argue with God. God, I don't have that. God, that's taking everything. God, I'm having to move. God, I don't know how that's going to work out. And when I begin to get a little afraid, when I begin to get a little insecure, I can tell you what happens is I... <clears throat> I wish I could be a bit more spiritual than this, but really what begins to happen is that I begin to trust in me and what me can do. I'm pretty self-reliant. 
Anybody else? Because I, I get afraid, and you'd think, well, you, the pastor, he surely goes to his knees first thing, right? I wish that was always the case. I pray that would be the case. And yet, what I find myself doing is, man, I gotta pull, I gotta pull in the pull, circle the wagons here. We gotta, we gotta bring this thing together. We've got to uh, see what old Fontaine can do. And that's what begins to happen in all honesty. When I thought of a way to share this with you and share the whispers of God, I this is an area that there are few areas that I am an expert and and yet this is one that I can look back and I, I I think I can bring this to you today from the perspective of an expert few things I can do that with but this one this one I can because sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't I look back about 10 years And it's one of those times that I begin to get really, really afraid. Because I'm in a foreign country following one of those other whispers and believing that God has called me to be and live in this country of Guatemala. And then the world begins to collapse around me. By the world, I mean the financial world. And maybe some of you affected by that 10 years ago. Um, mortgages, the balloons began to burst and um, businesses began to close and people lost their jobs. And all of that began to affect my world. It began to affect me living in another country because people and churches uh, were supportive of me and my family here as a missionary. And I began to and instead of going again right to my knees and saying, God, I know you have a plan here. I know that you want to provide. I know that you've called us to be here. I wish that my, were my response. My response was as I sat on those steps right there. I sat back there and my world just began to collapse around me. And I began to think that I've got to do something. I've got to do what I can do. And I began to make some phone calls. I began to send some emails. And I began to make an exit plan because I don't know what God had created here, but obviously uh, it, it's not for my timing right now. It's not going to work for me right now. And I, I just began to circle the wagons and I began to pack my bags and, and meet with Paula and say, Paula, this is it. You, you know, I've been struggling for a while. I can't continue like this. And, you know, she supported me. She knows I'm a she knows who I am. She knows what scars I have in this life. She knows my panic moments. And, and so that's began my process. I want to tell you that in that down economy, I began to excel. I, I still lived here. I traveled back to Florida. I worked, worked like crazy. And, and, I, and what I would tell you is, looking back, is God's blessing my work. In a down economy, in a down world, uh, this must be God's plan for me because I'm, I'm prospering. I'm doing really well and others are struggling. Others don't have a job. Others are losing their homes. And, and I am prospering and, and excelling and doing well. And I feel I'm pretty good about myself. 
And I was on the way from point A to point B. I was actually on an airplane at about 30,000 feet and feeling really good. I just I, I remember even going through my mind how wonderful things are and how wonderful, how good it is to, to be walking with God and having Him bless what I'm doing and lifting me above this messy world that we're in right now and thinking of others, praying for others, doing the spiritual thing. And yet a still small voice, I'm telling, I'm telling you about three to five seconds, three to five seconds, an impression coming upon me and asking me a question that penetrated my very being and it broke me to the core of who I am. And in, in seconds, the impression came upon me that I wasn't trusting God. Well, that can't be. God, I, I share your word. God, I, I'm a missionary. God, I, I, I try to make a difference in the world for others. And yet, God, I'm just trying to make a living. I'm just trying to survive. And, and you're blessing my work. Why, why would you challenge my ability to trust? And what I was feeling that I needed to do was just lay it all down. To not do this work. To not do that, but just to trust. Well, that just sent panic all through me. How could I do that? God, how could you ask me to do that? I have children. This ministry, it needs help. It needs finances. What, why would you ask me even to do such a thing? It, it disturbed me so much. I'm telling you again, in seconds, three to five seconds is all. But then God began to surround me with wise counsel. Longtime pastor, friends. And others that just would speak and say, yes, God has called you to be here and you need to trust him. If God's, if God's challenging you to trust him, then that's exactly what you need to do. And again, the panic just falling over me that, well, there's nothing in that. I don't know who to call. I don't know how to make this work. God, this can't be. I wake up from this three to five second moment and I'm, the ground is still stony. The circumstances are still bad. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And yet wise counsel, the presence of God, the whispers of God, these moments where he shows us the gate of heaven. See, I see this purpose in Jacob. And I see the opportunities that God has. He, he has given me blessing. He has given me opportunity. But it's always been about the gate of heaven. How do I participate in expanding the kingdom of God and making God known and making God famous with what he's given me and the opportunities that he's given me? That's where God gets involved. He's not been so worried about me becoming famous or me being well known, but the moments when I can get involved at the gate of heaven and see his amazing work, to see life's, lives change, to see disciples made, to be a part of this great purpose of people coming to know Jesus. That's when things get exciting and things get great. For you this morning, I want you to be able, I, my wish for you, my New Year's prayer, my New Year's dream would be for you to experience God where you hear a whisper yourself. That you might wake up, and maybe it's today, maybe it's in this experience, but you're able to say, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. I wasn't aware of it. And it begins to rock your world a bit. 
to where you begin to reevaluate and consider what is your focus, what is your drive, what are you about, what are you trying to get from point A to point B. But God reawakens you and reorganizes a part and, and re reminds some of you in spite of what you have done, in spite of what you have done in opposition to God, that God, the great God, the holy God of the, of the universe, of the world, is able to redeem all that you bring to the table and use you for a purpose that is entirely His, that involves you in the gate of heaven. Yes, you. Not just me, but you. And you may... You may consider that today because God has been speaking into your heart and life already. And maybe this is just a confirmation for some of you today. And a reminder that you need to trust Him. And, you, and that scares you. Good. Because you're not on your own. God's got something in mind that's much bigger than you. You think Jacob could accomplish this purpose without a holy God being involved in all of that? No way. He gives him a, a purpose and gives him a promise. And what he's given me to do is, is, is pales in comparison, but, but I can be a part of this too. I can be a part of this gate of heaven to see people come to know Jesus and see disciples made and use this life that he's given me for a holy purpose. And you can do that. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You can be a lawyer or an engineer or a teacher or a garbage collector. Uh, it doesn't matter. But you can surrender what you have and say, God, here I am. Here is my mess. I need your help. There's no way I can accomplish this. I made some terrible mistakes and terrible decisions. I'm on the run. I'm trying to get to point B. But God, would you help me today? And I believe a God that's a way maker. <laughs> We'll meet you in exactly that today. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we're as in our midst today. That is the God that I know today. And that is the God that I proclaim to you today. And I don't want you just to dismiss this as some simple you know, word from Genesis and a neat story today. But my prayer today is that the Holy God is moving by His Spirit again and making some whispers to some people in this room today. That you begin to evaluate where you are with life and where you are with God and all that He has given you to manage. And you address those fears. And you say yes to those fears. And say, God, we're going to do that. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm just going to do it afraid. Because I don't know what else to do. But I don't, I don't want to just live this life and die and never have trusted God, never have seen what God could do. Will you stand with me, please? God, I love you today. I thank you today that you still speak. I thank you that you whisper and you can do it in seconds. I thank you that you can move us today. We can experience you today. And I pray that, God, there are those that have experienced you today and they will not just wipe the tears and reorganize things and pull themselves together, but, God, they would allow you to, to address what's really wrong, to allow you to address what is the next step, allow you to address what should happen in 2019 that will glorify you, that will ex expand the kingdom of God, that will address the mess that we have, 
And God, that you'll be that way maker today. I love you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to just invite people as we sing today, as we pray today. If you're here today and you need to pray further, myself and others will meet you here. But don't leave here today without doing business with God, the God of the universe. It's been a great year, and we're grateful. But God's got amazing things in store. Let's trust Him together and trust Him in spite of our fears. In Jesus' name, amen.